discovered that I had a stronghold of shame. And the thing about strongholds is that you can't cast them out. Because what they are is um, the, the enemy feeds you thoughts and you yourself construct this stronghold. And so by the time that you realize what you're doing, he's, he handed you the blueprints and all the material, and you built this stronghold so that he could live in it, and from there, go and do exploits in your life. And so I had a stronghold of shame. And so I had this vision. I was, uh, y'all know that I, I dance with that red veil. And so I was, I was on this path, and I was, I was waving my red veil. And the vision, I heard this noise behind me, and the vision widened out. And there was a big army of angels that were marching behind me because the, the veil was their signal. It was their flag, like, let's go. So we were marching up this winding path to this huge stronghold, this castle. And when we get there, not all the angels went in with me. Only a few did, the ones that are really good at building fires, and so we went into this, this castle, and it was, it was dark and damp and cold. And what the angel started to do was build a fire. And I'm thinking, what, what's going on? And so they lit the fire, and we started to dance around the fire in this place. And God said, you know, don't sweat that the stronghold is there. You just come every day, and you build a fire inside that stronghold, and you start to dance around it, and you start to praise, and you start to worship, and you'll see what will happen when you start to do that. Well, right after that vision, I was at a conference, and uh, Cecil and I were sitting in a row of uh, probably four or five seats. It was a short row, and they had us break into to groups to pray for each other, and I hate that. Uh, I'll just be honest. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like a keep-to-myself kind of person, you know. And uh, But so we had, there were two couples that rushed over to where we were at, and one stood behind us, and because of the way that the seats were, the other two squished in, and I was halfway, you know, on top of Cecil trying to get away from them, and, you know, they were just in my personal space, and that's just, you know, it was really uncomfortable. So we did the obligatory pray for each other, right? And so they left, and I was relieved. And then one of the women came rushing back to me, and she grabbed me and just held on to me. Now listen, let me tell you, those who deal with shame have issues with hugs. If you deal with shame, you have issues with hugs. And so she grabbed me, and see, Cecil doesn't even hang on to me that long. I won't even let him hang on to me that long. And she just clung to me, and I just, I, what came up out of me is I clung to her, and in my head I'm thinking, don't leave me, don't let go, and I'm weeping. And then I, oh, maybe 20 seconds, and then I realize what I'm doing, and I, I gasp, and I break away from her, and I'm like, I am so sorry you know, and she just smiled and left. But I heard in the spirit a brick fall from that stronghold. And then in that same conference, one of another friend of mine came up to me. Now, when you're when you're dealing with shame, compliments, you can't receive compliments. That's another thing that doesn't it hits it just bounces off your forehead. It never hits your heart. And so my friend 
she gave me a compliment and, and thanked me for something. And this time, it didn't bounce off my forehead. It, it hit my heart. And I began to cry. And again, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's, what's happening to me? But I heard another brick fall. So the word is today that if there's a stronghold in your life, whether it be shame or depression, something huge that you have not been able to get victory in, and it's, I could name off lots of them, pornography, unfaithfulness, financial debt, whatever it is that you have built with your own hands, which makes you think that, you know, this is something that I have got to tear down myself. Well, let me tell you, just because you built it with your own hands doesn't mean you can tear it down with your own hands. It is the, the glory and the power of God that does. But what you do is you don't sweat it, cut the, the condemnation out, and you just go to that stronghold every day and you build a fire and you dance around that fire and you sing and you praise and you worship and every day. And eventually you're going to hear those bricks start to fall and that stronghold's going to crumble. Testimony. We're overcomers. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I, my truck has been broke down for about 18 months. The engine is, has been completely seized up. And I have done everything that I knew what to do to fix it. And finally, I came to the point where I don't know what else to do. You know, and we've been talking in Coffee House a lot about give and it'll be given unto you. And God's been showing me about if you want healing, start laying hands on people. You know, and Dorman pointed this out this morning. We went and we prayed over his suburban yesterday. And... The guys turned around, it was Dennis and Connie, and they turned around and they said, no, we need to pray for your, your truck. The engine is completely seized up for 18 months. I went home, put a charger on it, and I went in and I started that truck up this morning. God started that truck up this morning. God completely undid that. It's a miracle. And I've been, I've been telling these guys, we should be living lives where miracles are the norm. You know, we shouldn't be awed when a miracle happens. We should be awed when they don't happen. And right now, the spirit of familiar, the familiar spirits, you know, they're so familiar, we even get in the habit of calling them, oh, that's my old man. You know, our old man's dead. It does not exist anymore. You know, and God showed me baptism even symbolizes that. You go down, your old man's dead, and you raise up a new creation. So right now, we're going to break these familiar spirits in the name of God. In the name of Jesus over every single person in here. We break those familiar spirits. They have been lying. They have been stealing. And they have been killing God's people. They have been stealing God's miracles. They have been killing our joy. And they have been stealing our blessings. And right now, I release in the name of Jesus the miracles in people's lives. The miracles that you right now have in your heart, the thing that you think God is too small to handle, I'm here to tell you God's bigger than that. God's bigger than a seized engine. He's bigger than a hurt body. He's bigger than a sickness. He's bigger than a disease. And we've got to start believing who our identity is in Christ. We are sons and daughters of the Most High Living God. We are a miracle to this world, a miracle to the people that are lost. And if we're sick and we're hurt and we're not walking in the righteousness of God, there's no way we can bless others. 
And we release that right now in the name of Jesus over everybody here and start praising him and thanking him for the healing, for the miracle that you want from our God. He tells us, you that know how to do evil, know how to give good things to your children. How much more does the Father in heaven want to give you? We release that. We claim it. And we stand and we praise our Father for that He is a mighty God. Get a truck jump started. You got a jump start in life. I release that. In fact, right now, Jesus is jump starting life right now. Not just for Him, but for this whole place. If you've been in a place where something is stuck and it hasn't worked, I don't care if it's your truck, if it's your marriage, your attitude, or your job. Right now, lift your hand up right now and receive the grace of the Lord. Stand up and worship Him. Thank Him. Yes, Lord. Christy, you need to stand up and respond. You need a jump start. It is for you. Come up here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Joseph just went out. Hallelujah. I need some people to come and get around her right now. Jimmy, come on. Hallelujah. Right now, lift your hands up. I declare in Jesus' name that we have a jump start right now. Their prophetic words are not to be reasoned and figured out. They're to be received and worshipped over. So we declare that this truck that can't move anymore, let's get it out of the ditch and let's jump start this thing. Let's put some 220 in it, right? Right now, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Where there's been a job stuck in the right, I declare you be jump-started right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Where there's been something of retirement that you thought was going to work out and it didn't, I say jump-started. Hallelujah. God didn't call you to sit in the chair and die. He called you to live. I like that line from that movie. We're going to get busy living or get busy dying. Which one is it? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hope who's just standing by you back here. Saints, when Lord was given that word this morning, that thing about shame, I'm going to tell you what it will do to you. It will totally lock down your worship. You can never worship God when a spirit of shame. It will shut you up, sit you down, put 100-pound weights on your hands, and never let you rise above the thing of what you feel like. So right now, in Jesus' name, take that shame off that stronghold. Worship that thing. Tell it no, in Jesus' name. I will worship God no matter what I feel or what I look like. I am a child of God. I am not a slave of fear. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Probably was the most fearful person I've ever known. Bless her heart. And I prayed with her many times through the years. But I was reared in that environment and around her a lot. And and as a spirit-filled Christian, I had to deal with, you know, guarding myself against it. I remember I had friends many, many years ago when my older kids were young, and they kind of teased me and said, are you going to put meteor helmets on your kids? You know, I was always worried about what would happen to them. But when I got spirit-filled, I felt like the Lord delivered me from that. And so much so that when so many bad things happened, it was like I was in this bubble, and I would think, shouldn't I be upset about this? It felt kind of guilty, really, that... Everybody else was falling apart, and I wasn't. And it was almost like, you don't care. But I did care. But five years ago, when I had my heart issue, 
spirit of fear came on me. And I really didn't realize it, even though I had people telling me that. And I would just say no. But the other day, I was driving to Amarillo to see my heart doctor. And I've been dealing for five years with this uh, rapid heartbeat. And, and just fear would come on me because of I didn't want the same thing to happen to me that happened five years ago. And, and so I had a fear of a heart attack. And so I started talking to the Lord about it, and he said, come out of agreement. And I, I thought I'd prayed about it before, but I said, all right, Lord, I come out of agreement, and I take authority over that. Immediately I began to weep, and I knew it was coming off me. I knew. Finally it was coming off me. And ever since then I have just felt peace. Now, whether or not I still have the issue, <laughs> you know, it's not gripping me with fear. And, and so we are children of God, and, and, and he has defeated fear. He has defeated it. And we just need to not let it take us. If, if it does, what's the avenue? We can cast that thing out. Amen. Amen. All right. Hi. Uh, well, I was thinking and thinking, you know, we forget, at least I do, I forget that God listens all the time. And throughout my life, I've had good things happen and bad things happened. And I just think about the good times and how God has helped me throughout and I was thinking, you know, um, I had a, a boyfriend, my first boyfriend a long time ago, and we woke up, and he was sad about it, and I was like, yeah, it's not it. Uh, but he, when I got another boyfriend not long after, um, I was going out from this meeting that we had, and and he saw us, and he just kind of got mad. You know, he got real mad. And he, when he would get mad, he would stop talking to everybody that knew me and me, you know. And then he wanted to talk to me. He wanted to talk to me, and so we were talking. He's like, you know, I'm sorry. Um, I know I shouldn't react that way. And, you know, I just really, really like you, and it hurt. But, you know, I prayed to God that he would, like, uh, he would put somebody like you in my life, you know. And it would be very funny if it was somebody called Lucetta like you and it would look like you and it just would be perfect and I was like hey, that would be funny now yeah another girl with my name which is rare because most of the time Lucetta it's a last name so I haven't met many people with my name and then like two weeks after she uh, he said you know what happened and I was like uh no he's like I met somebody with your name and she's uh, working at a grocery store, and she's really cute, and I just really want to ask her out. And I was like, you know, go ahead. In my mind, I was like, it's not going to work. No, right? It doesn't, it cannot work. But, uh, and so right now, I mean, they're married. They have a child. And I just, you know, I was happy for them, and I got to meet her. And it just, you know, it was so mind-blowing that he was, he really was praying for it, you know, and maybe it was just coincidence, but then I think about how God listens and how the devil listens as well. Because I used to say, you know, I was in a dark place um, sorry, um, back then, and, and I would say, you know, when I die, 
I want to get in a car and just drive and, and wreck or something. <laughs> and I thought, I want to flip. I just want to die instantly and don't feel anything. And two years ago, I, it almost happened. <laughs> I got into a wreck. And, I mean, dying doesn't, doesn't hurt, okay? It, at least I don't remember a thing. And I remember the process which, of rehab, which was very painful but I was in a car wreck and and now I think about my words you know you don't want to be saying things just because because God listens and the devil listens and you want to say words that are good you know you want to pray you want to purify your heart and talk to God. We want to talk to God. We don't want to forget that he listens and the devil listens. So your words shall be loving and just glorify Jesus and everything that he's done for you. So that's, that's that.